Today, Angela Kate Hudson talks to me about the ups and downs of the last 12 months as she's battled breast cancer. And now, in remission, she also shares with me her thoughts on her future as a model. Hello, Angela. Hello, Peter. How are you? I'm well, thanks. And how are you? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. Yeah. Well, it's nice to speak to you. And we've never actually met, but we were due to last year. You were, you were due to be at JFYP Studio for a, a studio day. And then, unfortunately, at the last minute, we had to cancel. Yes, and I'll leave you to explain why. Yes, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to it as well. Um you know, meeting and socialising with different photographers is always a passion of mine. So having to cancel is not something that I like to do. Anyway, um, yes, my health took a, shall we say, a decline last year and uh, I got breast cancer, yeah. which is a bit, of a, a bit of a shame. Well, I suppose that's a bit of an understatement, really. Um, but yeah, it, it was quite devastating. I mean, I didn't have a lot of communication with you after that, but... Um, Certainly with the little bit of communication I did have, I, your initial reaction was quite understandably that you seemed to hit rock bottom. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, for anyone who had cancer or knows of anybody that has had cancer in the past, um, it's, it's devastating for those words that you never want to hear. You have cancer. Um, so, yeah had a little cry, um, <laughs> which I'm sure most people would do. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Cancer is something that, if you haven't had it, you, you just you, you can't actually imagine how somebody must feel. Um, the thing I found was that you you stayed active on on social media to to an extent, and I think it became quickly obvious that this rock bottom level that you'd hit rapidly got overtaken with immense positivity. Really, I think is that true? It is definitely. You know. Um... I had a, a night to digest the news, as it were, um, and then I just thought this can go either one or two ways. I stay in and I wallow in self-pity about it and the, the worries me kind of attitude, or I pull my socks up and think, okay, what can we do? What can I do to help myself? You know, because there's a lot of speculation, um, I think, out there when it comes to cancer that you know a lot of people can beat it a lot of people can't but for me the positivity I even to this day still believe it really did help me through it all yeah I, I, I can see that and I could see with the way that things were going on social media that that was the aim let's just Let's start at, at square one then and, and, and take me through it. So what was the first stage? You've, you've got the diagnosis. So where do you go from there? So the first, obviously, after diagnosis, um, I was due to have an MRI scan. I was very fortunate in a sense that the MRI scan came two days after I got diagnosed. Um, not a lot of people need an MRI scan. It's just because my cancer was hiding. They couldn't visually see it from a mammogram or from the ultrasound right. it only came about when they'd taken a biopsy and um, which was a little bit painful but never mind and um, so 50 minutes in an mri machine proved i did have cancer um so then after then i had my first operation 4th of july um they removed two lymph nodes out of my arm to see if my cancer had spread 
Right. It's then a two week wait for that, uh, for the results to come through. Mine came through much quicker, but because it was Yorkshire show week um, and I decided to have a day out, um, I went for two weeks afterwards. Um, I knew in my heart of hearts that my cancer had spread. Um, I think you 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 can become so in tune with your body, um, you realise things, um, and it had. It didn't concern me in a sense that it had spread. It was more of a okay, what can I do? What can we do now? What's the next step in terms of treatment wise? Um, my next step was that I had uh, chemotherapy. Yeah. And what does what does that entail? I mean, we we've all heard of chemotherapy, but but it's just a word that most of us know. I mean, it it tends to go over over quite a period of time, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. So I had two courses of chemotherapy. One um, was I called the Red Devil. That was <laughs> it was it was much harsher on your body in terms of. It made you feel physically sick, but they give you so much tab, so many tablets nowadays. It stops you being sick because they don't want you to be sick. And when I mean sick, they mean physically sick. Yeah. I'm not talking about your body in terms of feeling, you know, your body hurts. Yeah. Um, and then I had another one called docetaxel, which again is every three weeks. Yeah. Um, that's much harsher on your body in terms of it makes they give you um, injections a nurse comes to your house every day for for a week on your second week after you've had it um, and that's just to boost your white blood cells because your bone marrow is not producing it quick enough for your body to recover and are these two doses running simultaneously or do you get one and then the other afterwards you get one and then you get the other afterwards yeah right so and how long's that for in total then um i was quite lucky so my treatments lasted probably i'd go in about nine o'clock and i'd be done by half 12 so when i say quickly that is quite quick in yeah. comparison to some people's treatment i didn't have the cold cap but they they weigh you they have to check what treatment they're giving you um they have to do various checks and other bits and pieces and then you have like saline in all the time to yeah. uh what do you call it to basically um help your veins a little bit it flushes it through it like yeah. dilutes the chemotherapy yeah but over what time scale does this run for then in a matter of weeks is it it's month? months months you're looking at months yeah, yeah. because you go every three weeks. So I started on the 8th of August and finished on the 21st of November. It's a long time then, yeah. <laughs> a very long time, <laughs> but it goes so quick. Of course, there's the other things associated with this, the things that we, we, we do tend to be more aware of, and one of the main ones of those is the hair loss. And you even seemed to manage to handle that quite well. I mean, you, you weren't ashamed of posting photographs of yourself on social media without your hair. Um, so you seemed to handle it quite well. Yeah, for me, um, every reason I've always maintained the attitude that it's hair at the end of the day, it'll grow back. And if it doesn't, you can always get wigs. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, yeah. And I think even at this time, when you were going through some 
pretty grim treatment. Uh, you, you still managed to fit a model shoot in, didn't you, somewhere along the line? Yeah, I did. I shot with a very good friend of mine, Eddie Cheng. Uh, he came up, drove up to see me to uh, do a shoot. It was kind of a personal project for me, um, just to showcase that bold is still beautiful. Yeah, and I suppose at the same time, it, it, it kind of shows that if you can carry on living a normal life, that you're winning a battle to a certain extent as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everyone has battles every single day, no matter what they may be. I I get a lot of people saying to me, oh, I can't, I can't speak to you because you've had cancer or I can't compete with you having cancer or, you know, if they have a headache, they feel guilty for telling me they have a headache because I've had cancer, yeah. you know, well, <laughs> which for me, I find bizarre. I can I can sort of relate to that because when I messaged you about doing this talk and, and I actually said to you, I didn't know whether I wanted to ask you or not because I didn't know what the reaction would be. So I suppose we're all guilty of that, really, trying to hide away from it, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. I think so, definitely. But yeah. for me, once you, you've had cancer, it's very much easy for me to speak to people who have cancer. Yeah. It's a case of, um, personally... I just wanted to showcase to everybody that it's something that we can all get through and positivity does shine through in, in all of my posts, albeit a couple where um, I think a lot of people have seen my teary-eyed one um, yeah. just because it's real. It shows what cancer can do to you. But at least you had the courage to post those. I mean, you could have just gone and hidden away and not bothered sort of doing anything about it so at least you you were there showing people what what was actually going on yeah absolutely so and you, i hope it helped people some to some degree well this is why you know i was quite keen to, keen to talk to you anyway because i think people will sort of take something from from listening to what you've got to say so we've got we've got to the stage of the chemotherapy and that sounds pretty grueling and tiring but then after that that that's only part of the way through isn't it so where do we go from there so after chemotherapy, um, I was due to, as soon as you finish chemotherapy, you for, for me, I had to have my surgery six weeks after. Yeah. So they say six weeks after, that's because your body could start producing cancerous cells again, possibly, because mine was estrogen based. My body produces too much estrogen and cancer feeds off, off that. Right. Um, so the duty of care, I was due to have my surgery approximately the 27th of december 28th i think maybe um but my surgeon said we're gonna have to wait till january various reasons being that limited period around christmas the staff aren't going to be in and the duty of care so i had my surgery on the 9th of january this year right um i had a a mastectomy on the left hand side with uh, an immediate reconstruction yeah and um, for a lot of people out there uh, the only advice i can give you is if you smoke don't because they're now clamping down as my surgeon told me that um if you smoke they are less likely to give you an implant they will take the tissue from your body wherever that may be Right. Um, this is because smokers, um, your body doesn't heal as quick, apparently. So, um, yeah. 
so I have a little box at the side of my um, of my breast tissue and that little box has a tube that goes directly into my implant so as soon as COVID-19 is over <laughs> <laughs> whenever that may be we're never far um, away from that word are we <laughs> we're never um, I will be having uh, more silicon injected into my implant yeah and then in time they'll remove that little box as soon as it's it's inflated enough and yeah. then I have one more operation afterwards which will probably be December now on the other side to correct my other side so I'm a bit more in proportion right so we've gone through all this and now we've had the mastectomy and if that's not enough we've still got more to come we do yeah then um it was touch and go whether I would need radiotherapy um just on how my mastectomy had gone but my oncologist had said to me from day one you the likely chances are you'll need radiotherapy um this just stops because a lot of people will be questioned okay so you've had your chemotherapy you've had um your mastectomy why would you need radiotherapy yeah. all the cancer's gone what would be the point in radiotherapy well the point in radiotherapy is it stops cancer coming back as skin cancer right so uh, it doesn't i don't know how much it it reduces it or what it does but i just said give me everything you can give me so i ended up having three weeks of intense radiotherapy yeah um it's it's easy enough it just feels like a little bit like sunburn right a lot of people suffer with it worse than i do there's the the fatigue but it's not like a fatigue that you get with chemotherapy it's it's a just a more draining right fatigue um so yeah so from a treatment point of view is everything behind you now Yes, I uh, I would class myself now as in remission. Right. At this moment in time, I am in remission, which is which is fantastic news. But if you listen to any cancer patient, they will never quite believe it unless it's written down in black and white that you are in remission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is one because I've I've spoken to you about this in advance. I know that there's still one little bit that lingers on, and that's the question of some tablets that you're going to have to take. Yeah, so last Friday I started on a tablet called Tamoxifen. Um, I will be on this tablet now for two years. This tablet stops, it doesn't stop my body producing estrogen, it just puts a blocker on it. So my body will still produce it, but the tablet acts to block it out. So thankfully, which is a good and bad thing i am now at the age of 34 going through the menopause <laughs> and it is not fun at all i'm currently living with my mum um in quarantine at the moment Gosh. she's kindly looking after me um and she is of a so i won't give her age away but she is of a older uh, lady and she's going through the menopause so the conversations that we have are very fun so if if going through all this trauma with cancer is not bad enough and then you get saddled with the menopause at the end of that as well you know so it's it it, it has been a 
a hell of a 12 months for you really hasn't it absolutely yeah you yeah. know there's there's been life-changing decisions that i've had to make and now know that i can never have children yeah you yeah. know these are the things that a lot of people take for granted yeah and yeah. suddenly it's on your doorstep and you have to make that decision there and then is it is it viable to have children or not yeah so you know but i look on the positives of everything in life i could have i could have had it so much worse um i'm lucky that i've managed to receive all my treatment the nhs has been fantastic all the people that have followed me on my instagram my facebook without you guys behind me i could have never have got through it all absolutely not yeah so thank you everyone well it's, it's been an interesting story but just tell me now what does the future hold for angela kate hudson are we going to see you back at the studio absolutely i will be at the studio as soon as, <laughs> as quarantines <laughs> as soon as quarantines out and about I definitely um i plan to travel um a lot more and definitely definitely shoot i will be doing art nude shooting right. because i believe that a body is still a body, whether it's been disrupted at some parts. We just all have to get a little bit creative for the time being. Um, oh. But it certainly hasn't put me off. In fact, it's probably made me want to do modelling even more so now. Well, I th that's that's good to hear. And I mean, having got so close to arranging the shoot um, <laughs> yeah. and, and then falling at the sort of last hurdle, like, it'll be nice to... to see you back at the studio oh it'd be absolutely wonderful it's it's been a totally fascinating conversation um I, I wish we hadn't had to have it because i wish you hadn't had to go through it all but um all i can say is thank you ever so much for sharing it with us i'm sure there'll be a lot of people out there who'll really want to to listen to your story um and the one other thing is contact details if anybody does want to arrange a shoot have you got any contact details? I do. You can find me on Facebook. It's Angela Kate Hudson. Yeah. Um, I've still got my bald-headed picture, I believe, on there at this moment in time. So <laughs> you cannot miss it. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, just contact me either through there or Instagram or I'm on Purple Port. Well, what I'll do afterwards, if you send me the details through and then when the podcast goes out, I'll attach all your contact details at the end so people can see them and, and get in touch with you. That sounds perfect. Thank you very much and so, thank you for having me on. Other than that, all I can say now is thanks ever so much for joining us. Um, hope to see you soon and goodbye. Thank you, Peter. Take care. Bye. Bye now.